Welcome to Be Still Be Free. I'm Sarah Gody, and I'm here with Monica Steely, and we are bringing up chapter four today in the book of Ruth on our Be Noble series. Yes. Monica gave us a little, like a few hints last week. Uh-huh. Going Some Easter into, eggs I threw your way. <laughs> Easter eggs. <laughs> By the way, when is Easter going to happen? Not for like five years. <laughs> Seriously. It'll be the last day of school before Easter gets here. This was the year to put up Easter decorations. Yes. Because you know, usually it's like, I'm not going to up. There's no time to have them up. Right. This was the year for Easter Because there's a nice long <laughs> like two time in between It's like Valentine's. a Christmas tree. You could have put your stuff up uh, in February and you, after Valentine's went down. Yes. You could have had two months of Easter. I'm telling you what. I know it. I missed it this time. Um. So, yeah. So, we are on chapter four, the final chapter of the Book of Ruth. I'm a little sad about that. I know. I really enjoyed it. Well, there, like we said last week, there's so much to, we could go back and do round two, <laughs> extrapolate more goodness from all of these chapters. We could switch and I could do one and three and <laughs> you could do two. <laughs> Everything Sarah said before was wrong and we I have a whole new. We won't do that. I promise. No, 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 we won't. Um, okay. So I kind of took a macro view for a second of this book and kind of like summarized Chapter one was really kind of about Naomi and Naomi's story. And right. chapter two is kind of about Ruth and who she was in her character. And chapter three is kind of the courtship between Ruth and Boaz. Um, but chapter four is really about Boaz and it's about his character and who he is. That's great. Um, and it focuses so much on his integrity. It focuses on the strength of character he has, uh, the way that he esteems and guards and protects Ruth. And about um, the way that he handled the whole kinsman redeemer situation, Mm -hmm. which we talked about a little bit. Um, So it kind of just kicks off with um, at the end of chapter three, Boaz sends Ruth on her way and is like, don't tell anyone you were here. I'm going to address the other kinsman redeemer situation. Take some grain and go. Mm -hmm. So in verse two of chapter four, he goes to the city gate, which is where all the dudes hung out during the day. um, And he gathers 10 um, elders and like wise people of the city to come by, which I thought that that was really a key thing for him to do. It showed integrity and wisdom on his part mm. that he was like, I want the town elders to be here. I want those that are wiser than me and that are reputable to be here to hear this conversation. So he's almost doing the same thing, being the same way Ruth was influenceable, um, you know, allowing elder people, the mm-hmm. elders to speak into his life even. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we know that he like had taken notice of Ruth immediately and admired her character, but he was honest and upfront with her about there was somebody else with closer credentials that could take this role for you. Um, and that he wanted to do the right thing in giving this man the opportunity to step into the story. Um, and I love that because a godly man will act with integrity at all times, even if the world thinks it's inconsequential or irrelevant. Mm, so good. Um, and I think that that's something that as women, we need to be looking for. In yep. a significant other, in yep. a partner. Yep. Um, so he goes to the, he sees the other redeemer walk by and he's like, Hey man, come over here and talk with me and these other 10 dudes, which probably was a little intimidating. Yeah, like, Oh God, what'd I do? <laughs> what am I walking into? And so he kind of lays out the situation in part. So he says, Hey, there's this woman, her name is Ruth. She's related to Naomi. And there's this big plot of land that is really theirs. Do you want to, do you want to take it over and be the, be the redeemer for it? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. And then Bose is like, Oh, but also what comes with that deal is this 
Well, first he talks about the land. Then he says, this woman named Ruth comes with it. She was married to this guy. She's part of Naomi's tribe. So the land, if you get married to her, you have to marry her. And if she has a son, this land is no longer yours. It becomes their heirs. And the guy's like, dude, no deal. Yeah. I don't take, I'm not taking that suitcase. <laughs> I'll take the easy freebies. Yeah. Taking all the I'll work. take the land, but like, I'm not going to lose that inheritance to, to somebody else. Right. I'm not, I don't want the whole package deal. So, um, he's like, Nope, don't want that commitment. So Boaz then in front of the audience of 10 elders proclaims his intentions with Ruth and all that comes with it. So he outlines in this little monologue, like in front of all of you, I'm going to take her, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, um, I think that part of the reason he did it in front of these 10 elders was one, he wanted the accountability. Mm -hmm. He wanted these elders to be able to come back to him later and say, Hey, are you holding up your end of the bargain? Are you treating her right? Are you doing things the right way? Are you trying to take this land for yourself and push her out of the deal? I think he wanted the um, accountability that comes with that kind of commitment. Because why else would you have elders with you? Exactly. It reminded me of like when you're at a wedding um, and like the pastor, at least at most like real Christian weddings, they ask the congregation, like, are you all willing to take a part in this journey and to help guide this couple together? And so that's what that reminded me of. Um, So he states his intentions. The elders in the community state their intentions. And then they marry and God gives them the gift of a son. In fact, in verse 413 or in verse 13. It says the Lord enabled her to conceive. So God specifically was like, I'm giving you this child. Um, They name him Obed, which means worshiper. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, the women of the town come out in droves to cheer on Naomi. So it's not even directed to Ruth. It's directed to Naomi. Sweet. And they exclaim how God has provided and restored so much more than she could have imagined. They say, blessed is the Lord who has not left you without a redeemer. May his name become famous in Israel. Um, Just a little. Just a little, little, little blessing. <laughs> just a little, like make you get into a good college. Yeah, sort yeah. Of blessing. And he's he's just gonna have a little big name. Just his, just, his grandson's gonna have big, a little big yeah, name. No, it's a little big. <laughs> um, but what was interesting, um, I had a conversation with Greg about chapter four, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into that part a little bit later. But he pointed out that in Luke 158, when Elizabeth and Mary are together and have the baby, it's it's similar language mm-hmm. in how all the women come out to bless. Oh, and speak the blessing. Yeah. Um, and that in both cases, it's the women who come out to really like gather around other women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that that's really cool. How that it's like really cool. The women come out to cheer and support and to encourage. That's and, kind of the way it is today. Mm-hmm. If we did it and did it well. Right. 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 But like we say true. it takes a village, but like yeah. this is the village. Is like the they village. come out. That's and, right. Um, and these are the people who were there for her and her grief when she was Mara. Right. Yeah. So, and knew that she had left right. and why, but then knew that she had come back yeah. and why and had like kind of just watched from afar. That's beautiful. Um, and so they were able to celebrate with her, like truly celebrate with her. That's and beautiful. that's something I think women do, but that we need to do better Mm -hmm. is just celebrate each other. Um, and they say, may he be one who restores life to you. Um, your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons. Oh, wow. Which is a really big deal because sons are the mark of like true womanhood. Right. But for them to acknowledge Ruth was better to you than seven boys would have been is like the highest for, for Ruth, who was a refugee, childless widow. Yep. To now be acknowledged is better than seven men. Yeah, that's huge. No greater compliment could she have had. Um, And so then they name him Obed the Worshipper. And David Guzik, my BFF, 
um, has some really cool things to say about all this. He says, it's fitting that these blessings in the life of Naomi be given so much attention at the end of the book. Naomi was the one whose original returning to the Lord began all of this great work of God. If Naomi had not decided to go back to Bethlehem, the land of Israel and the God of Israel, none of this would have happened. This is a marvelous demonstration of what God can do through one poor woman who gets right with him. We should learn that God's plan is perfect and filled with love. And even when we can't figure out what he's doing and it all seems so desperate, he still knows what he is doing. We should learn all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Mm. So it's just a full circle redemption story yep. um, that starts with Naomi and her loss, but ends with Naomi and all she has gained. Isn't that crazy? Which is really neat. So as I was chatting about this with Greg and kind of telling him like, you know, here's where we, what we talked about in chapters one and two and three, and here's what I see in chapter four with Boaz. He started asking me some really great questions that led me, oh my gosh, this gets me so excited. <laughs> and to this really amazing, like trek through the Bible. So he was like, hey, well, where did Boaz learn this character? And why does he give Ruth so much favor? And what was God preparing through Boaz? And where was he leading? And how does it tie into Jesus? So hold on to your seats and pull over because I'm about to blow your mind. So where did Boaz learn this character and this approach and how to treat women? Matthew 1, 5 says, Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Nuh-uh. I completely, like, it gave me goosebumps. I completely had forgotten that Rahab is Boaz's mother. That's right. I forgot about that. So Rahab, the The harlot, harlot. the pagan, the immigrant from another country, recognizes the God of of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, helps the spies, works with Joshua and Caleb. They take down Jericho, and then she and her family go live with them forever. I totally forgot that she was Boaz's mother. So Boaz... We talked about that. Yes. We talked about it a lot. Um... But she obviously, no doubt, taught him, this is how you treat women. Wow. This is how you esteem women. Who better to teach a guy how to treat a woman than a woman who was never treated well herself? Exactly. Who was called every name in the book. To this day is called a harlot, whether she actually was or was not. Like, there's still contention about all of that. Like... How, how these are, if women are different, if, if this woman's from a different place, you don't treat them any differently. Right. Like she, as she his did. mother, raised him up with that wow. level of integrity. Like I believe single-handedly. Wow. That is amazing. Is that not fascinating? That's fascinating. It makes me so excited. Like that. it just brings it all to life. What an amazing gift to have Rahab as your mother. Well, and for all of our listeners, when you, again, and we talked about this when we talked about Rahab and we did the women of the Bible about, um, you think that if you don't have come from a perfect story that you can't be used by God, but God doesn't use the perfect story. Yeah. The only perfect story that we know of that God truly used was Mary. Right. And we don't know anything that is you know, the opposite that she had great character and great, whatever. And right? she was so too young to have really lived a whole like lot. 12. <laughs> it's not like she what was a four, she had lived a 40 year old life. She hadn't even had a period yet. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't have hormones. She did not have a crazy hormonal situation going on. You think about even Eve who was created in perfection. Yeah. Was not a perfect woman. Right. And still used by God and, and how God met her at the grave. Yes. And redeemed her and yes. said, I will fight this battle. You started it. Yes. But I will finish it. I just yeah. want you to know that. Like I'm, I'm still behind you. Right. And so I don't know. I think that's just a perfect story for everybody to listen that Rahab was Boaz's mother 
used to marry Ruth and mm-hmm. to beget David. Yes. And that's just pretty cool. And to set an example of, it does not matter what culture tells you, you mm-hmm. treat people the way that they deserve to that's be treated exactly because right. we are all children of God, whether they look like it or that's not. That's right. Um, his father was Salmon, and y'all know how I am about names and the meaning of names. His name means peaceable, perfect, and he that rewards. So Salmon brought peace and reward to Rahab's life and gave Rahab a reward through the son Boaz. That's crazy. Um, and then we know, too, because when they took Jericho and then Rahab and her like mother and father and brothers and sisters, they all went to go live with the Israelites. And it says specifically in Joshua 625 that Joshua let Rahab live. So Boaz was raised around men like Joshua and Caleb, who were strong and courageous and who walked with such high integrity. So that's what he saw. Mm-hmm. He saw how his they treated his mother. Yep. They saw her willingness to like obey the one true God. And then he was around these men of just amazing faith and noble character. Um, and I just think that, you know, that's, that's where he learned all that. Yeah. So when the time came for him to like walk out what he had been raised with, it was such an inward dwelling that it overflowed without even thinking about it. Oh. It just overflowed. Like there was, he had no choice but to treat her that way. It's so good because he knew where his mother had come from. It's part of who he was. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, I just love love it so much. So in Joshua six two. It refers to these men as the mighty men of valor. And in Ruth 3.11, you talked about last week that Boaz calls Ruth a woman of noble character. Men of valor, woman of noble character is the same Hebrew word for valor. And it means strength, might, ability, and a force. Mm-hmm. So, like, certainly Rahab was a force. Right. Oh, certainly she had she strength. Was. Oh, yeah. And Ruth was, too. Yep. It may have looked a little different, but, like, he recognized, Boaz was able to recognize the yep. same nobleness that was in Caleb in Joshua and his mother. He saw that in Ruth too. Don't you wonder too, like, I mean, I know that, that Boaz is a little older here, but we don't know exactly how old he was. And we're not told that Rahab was a part of any of this know, story. What if she was? What if they sat around the dinner table and he's telling her about Ruth and she's like, well, you need to make sure that you're this. And what if you yes. like, but she comes from a different country and Rahab, look at your mother. Like, yeah. You know, how cool would that be? That would have. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we're, this is, we need eternity in heaven because we're gonna. Right. I got a lot of gaps I need filled in <laughs> on these stories. I know, I know. I'm gonna uh, walk around everybody's mansion. Hey, Ruth, can you fill this in for me? Do you have a few years? I really want some details. <laughs> Start at the beginning. <laughs> I was born to a poor woman. Um, but the lesson here for all of us that are raising boys is that we need to raise men who are strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. And we need to ra- teach our boys how to treat women. We need to teach our boys how to treat women that are different. Mm-hmm. And we need to teach our boys how to esteem and hold in high regard, how to protect and how to guard women. Oh, girl, and that is me. such an important thing to do. Don't even get me started on what we should be doing with men. We should be empowering them. Yes. Rahab empowered Boaz. Yes. She did not emasculate him. No. She probably let him climb trees and she probably let him go hunting and she probably let him spend the night at a friend's house. And butcher some cows and and offer sacrifices. And use a knife, Lord forbid. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I have a strong feeling that he... He did not um, lay at her feet until he was 15 years old before she let him do anything. That's going to preach. Listen, and I could say it differently, but I'm going to choose not to say it just like that. But I, you know, I'm, I am so emphatic about 
this whole thing going on with moms and sons right now it just sickens me. And I will say, and this is not a like toot my own horn story at all, but so Paxton at Valentine's day, he's nine, he's in third grade. And he came home from school one day and was like, so-and-so told me that this particular girl wants to ask me to be her Valentine. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how do you feel about that? And he goes, I want to just tell her no. And I realized in that moment, I had a, like, I had to be very intentional about how I addressed this. Right. And I said, listen, buddy, I know you don't want to be her Valentine and you shouldn't be because you're nine. And what does that even mean? It right. doesn't mean right. anything. But I said, you are approaching the age where you have to realize that girls have feelings yep. and that you have to be really That's protective exactly right. of that and to be very gentle with that. That's exactly right. So you can tell her no, and you can be very clear in your no, but you need to be very word it and kind in how That's you exactly say. Right. So we kind of like helped him figure out the right wording. And so when she walked, she literally walked up to him at school on Valentine's day and said that they're walking down the hall. Hey, do you want to be my Valentine? And he said, that's really nice of you, but I'd rather we just be friends. And she said, okay. And then he went upon his day and everything's been fine. That's awesome. But it was just teaching him at nine. Mm -hmm. You have to guard a girl's heart. Mm -hmm. Like that's part of your role Mm -hmm. is, is guarding a girl's heart. So be clear. Don't lead her on. Yeah. I'm never, ever going to say that, but also realize her feelings are going to get hurt more by your just no mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah. And we do need to be protective of that. Well, the other thing we have to be protective of is that we are not raising our sons um, to meet our needs. Mm-hmm. We're raising our sons and meeting their needs, right? Like, cause that goes back both ways, teaching him to be gentle to another girl's feelings. But I think at the same time, I see this happen all the time where we want our boys to cater to our feelings, right? It's not about them catering to our feelings. You're not supposed to be getting out of your son emotionally, what you're not getting out of your marriage. Mm. <laughs> I think that just landed with a thud somewhere. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Not my baby boy. We're no, I'm your Valentine. We're raising men and yeah. they deserve to have Rahab mothers. Yes. So that we can have, we can have guys who know how to lead and be servant leaders and rule a home and, mm-hmm. and, and sit on thrones. Mm-hmm. Strong and courageous. Strong, Strong and courageous. courageous. God said that specifically so many times to Joshua and Caleb, not just for that moment, but so that they could impart that to the rest of the men of Israel. Yeah. Here's how you be strong and courageous. That's my son is a book that every single mom should read. We need it, to link to that. Yes, because it is all about how we are supposed to be raising our sons to be strong, independent, God-fearing, God-serving servants. Yeah. And warriors. Yeah. Not... Not wimps. Not wimps. Warriors, not wimps. I could do a whole podcast on this. Can you tell? I don't tell? know if anyone knows, but Sarah has strong feelings. <laughs> Especially about this. Especially, Especially about, about boys. Yes. yes. Okay, so the second question that um, Greg put in my head was, why does Boaz give Ruth so much favor? Well, part of it we just talked about. He knew firsthand what a gift of grace it was to bestow blessing and favor on a woman who would seem unworthy on paper. Mm. And so I think he wanted to do that. I think it was knit into his DNA yeah. to be generous in that yeah. way and to be gracious. Um, he was a living example of how the God of is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob could transform lives and create new lineage mm. from broken places. That's awesome. And so I, that was part of his DNA. Um, and it reminded me of the verse to whom much is given much is required. Yeah. Boaz would not have been there, not have been alive on the planet at that time. Had it not been, yeah. He, if he had not been given much, if Rahab had not been given much. Right. And so he knew this is my chance to bestow that which I had been received or my family has received. Um, 
So I just, it, I was thinking he, he couldn't not extend it to yeah, Ruth. Yeah. Like it just it circumstantially reminded him so much of where he came from. What I loved too is, and I think it was the John Piper um, article, which I've linked to, and I linked to it in chapter one too, because he does a, he does a four part series, one for each chapter, but he talked about how, um, you know, Boaz was a man of God and pursued the God of Israel. He mm-hmm. was very committed to his faith, but he saw that in Ruth also. Mm-hmm. And he was drawn to that. Like yeah. she wanted to pursue God. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was very attractive to him. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that unfading beauty. Like yes. it's beautiful for you to pursue God with everything that's in you yes. is attractive to other people. Amen. It's beautiful. Um, Okay, one of the other questions that Greg brought into my mind was, what was God preparing to come through Boaz? So we we had talked about before how Ruth happened during the time of Judges and how Ruth was probably her story enveloped into the books of mm-hmm. Judges, but then it was separated out. Um, since she's the great-grandmother of David, we know that the times the time of kings was approaching, right. um, at least for the, for the people of Israel. So Saul kind of was coming on the heels mm-hmm. of this entire time frame. So God was preparing the people for a king, and Boaz is kind of a reflection of what, what a king would look like right. character-wise. Right. Um, and so how he retreated them was kind of paving the way for that. And how does Boaz tie into Jesus? Well, we talk about the kinsman redeemer thing all the, all the time. He's a living foreshadowing of what redemption looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and with skin on, he showed the people around him what it means to freely give, take the place of, to shepherd and to guard. Um, okay. And so David Guzik again had this little like back and forth comparison about Boaz and Jesus in this role of redeemer. So I just wanted to read a couple of these. Boaz was the kinsman, the kinsman redeemer had to be a family member. Jesus added humanity to his eternal deity so he could be our kinsman and save us. Mm. The kinsman redeemer had to had the duty of buying family members out of slavery. Jesus remind, re- redeemed us from slavery to, to sin and death. The kinsman redeemer had the duty of buying back land that had been forfeited. Jesus will redeem the earth that mankind sold over to Satan. Boaz was not motivated by self-interest, but motivated by love for Ruth. Jesus's motivation for redeeming us is his great love for us. Boaz had to have a plan to redeem Ruth unto himself, and some may have thought it was foolish. Jesus's plan seems foolish to many, dying on a cross, but the plan is glorious. Mm. Boaz took Ruth as his bride. The people Jesus redeemed are called his bride. And Boaz provided a glorious destiny for Ruth and Jesus does the same for us. Gorgeous. So it just all comes back to the, the correlation between like Boaz is just one earthly example, hundreds of years before the coming of Jesus of what it looks like and why it's important and and the eternal benefit that it has. I love that. So, um, so practical applications, like my first one really is like, who are you raising? Yeah. Boys or girls? Yeah. Who are you raising? Are you raising a woman of noble character? Are you raising a man who could recognize noble character and has it in himself? To treat people the way that God would treat now, them. There's a that'll preach too. Are you raising a woman? Are you what? Are you raising women of noble character? Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. huge. Who are you raising? Those yeah. of us that are mothers, like I can't tell you how many times I put my. Well, I don't put my daughter to bed anymore because she's a yeah. teenager yeah. and she's usually up later than me. Um, <laughs> but when I put my son to bed, I'm so tired and I'm exhausted. And he says something or asks something. And it's that tap on the shoulder of this is a teachable moment. Yeah. Be intentional with this yes. moment. And I don't have the energy to do it, but I know I can't let the opportunity yeah. go. Yeah. Like you have to. Those are the moments that 
and we'll see how he turns out. But those are the moments <laughs> where <laughs> where men and women of noble character are created. Yep. It's in those little moments where it feels so inconvenient and I don't have anything left to give. Yep. But you have to because there's too much at stake. Yes. We don't know our kids' destinies. We don't know who they're going to marry. We don't know who their kids are going to be. But if this story, if the whole book of Ruth is any indication... The destinies that God has planned through generations that come from us. Oh, my Lord. And and then if you don't even have biological children or adopt, if you're not a parent, you are still a spiritual mother and That's a right. spiritual father and an influence in the lives of so many people. So you cannot take any of that for granted. Rahab and Naomi didn't know that they were going to be the great, great grandmothers of the greatest king, king of Israel. Right. They didn't know that. No. And that the Messiah himself would come from that line. Who could have... Who could have ever imagined? And remember, we talked about this, about how we see the world horizontally and the Lord sees it vertically, Mm -hmm. right? We think, oh, this is all that life has to offer me. He sees all the life that's coming from you. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to keep that mindset. It's not just about today. It's about tomorrow. It's about the future. It's about the seeds we plant today in order for the kingdom to flourish tomorrow. I completely agree. Um, And then the second practical application is just, and I kind of just thought about this. I just had had the one and I was like kind of waiting for the second one to come to me. But as you said that, this is what the second practical application is. Are you willing to let your expectations go so that your life can look the way God really wants it to? Mm. Because Ruth had an expectation that her life was going to look a certain way when she married Naomi's mm-hmm. son. Mm-hmm. And it turned out the exact opposite. Not only did she not have that husband or any kids, she didn't even have her, her hometown and her home people. Are you willing to let go? How did you say that? Are you willing to let go of your expectations to embrace the life that God is going to give you? That is crazy. That's good. Something along that line. But we, it's, it's what we talk about all the time with palms up and holding things loosely. Are are we willing to let it go? This doesn't look the way I wanted it to look. This doesn't look the way I hoped it would look. Even this doesn't look the way I feel like God had told me it would look. Um, but like we talk about with metamorphosis all the time, like what God, the word that he gives us usually cannot be what we think it is because yep. his thoughts are higher and his ways yep. are higher. Yep. So we interpret it our own way, but God, our interpretations are never what God's That's direction true. is. But um, if we're willing to just take the next right step in along the journey that God leads us on, he will bring about a, an ending I mean, I think Ruth would agree. Oh, this life was a million times better than what I thought I was going to get yep. in Moab yep. with this dude. I saw something on Facebook just this morning. It was a graphic that had something to do with that, about letting go of the life you thought you wanted in order to live the life that God has for you. And it's just so true. What we think it should look like and what it does look like is often two very different things. But it's about, it, the point was, is that, you know, you got to let go of this expectation in order to live the life that God needs you to for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the there kingdom. was greater good. Yes. There was David and Christ and there was so much more to come that needed to happen, but it needed to happen the way that it did. Yeah. And it so, came from so much grief mm-hmm. on both sides. If you think about it, there was a lot of grief on both sides yeah. that they God brought them through in order for this story to be able to happen. And not only that... But I would go so far as to say Ruth and Boaz were just happy. Like there mm-hmm. was still joy. God brought joy. They didn't know the end from the beginning, but God still brought like, sometimes we think of, I got to let go of this expectation and I'm going to trudge through it right? and I'm going to suffer and it's going to be horrible. It can be but beautiful. I bet Ruth and Boaz would be like, dude, we were 
happy. We had a great marriage. Yeah. Like we loved each other and it life knew. was good. And this was going to be so good. Yeah. We didn't know, but like God blessed us, not just in a end result way, but he just blessed us in an everyday we were happy. We had a happy life. Well, that's why you just have to trust God with the process, mm-hmm. which is the hardest thing in the entire so world. It's so hard. I was going to say that. It's the hardest thing to do, but and he, knows he that. is for the kingdom and he is for us if we are his. It's for a greater good, but it's also for abundant life yes. today. Yes. So are oh. you willing to let all that go to live abundantly so today? So good. God's way, but that doesn't mean it's going to be horrible. Right. It means it's going to be more abundant than we could have imagined. So there we go. That's our... Ruth. That's our Ruth. It was good. Can't wait to see her. All right, let's pray. Okay. Father God, thank you so much for another day that you've allowed us just to get into your word. And thank you for revealing to Monica and I the words that are on the pages and just bringing things to light for us that we just believe is what you wanted us to see. Lord, I pray for our listeners. Be with each of them wherever they are and meet them exactly where they are, Lord. Let them feel your presence and let them know your Holy Spirit is in them. God, direct this day and in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. 